Good morning. How are we doing today? Excellent. It's great to be with you. It's great to be here. It's a beautiful church. It's a beautiful day. Finally, the summer is here. We're expecting that that's something that I have learned here in Illinois. We're expecting some snow tomorrow. <laughs> We're in a new journey with my family. I am here with my family. It's not something that, I, that happens all the time. But uh, this is a special Sabbath for us because we're as a family. So in meeting and knowing a new family here. I want to thank uh, Brother Elvis for the invitation and for all the elders for the kindness, kindness to receive us here. This will be a very interesting month in my ministry. I have learned that God is good all the time. And I truly believe on that. And this month will be something very different, very special. Uh, you have a, a very interesting morning trying to figure out my English, okay? It's something new in my life. And I hope that in the end of the morning, you will say, okay, I got it. Uh, but this month, for example, I will achieve a new challenge in my life. I'm preaching today in English. I mean, I think I'm preaching in English. I try to believe, and I choose to believe that I'm doing it in English this morning. Next Sabbath, I'm going to be preaching in our Brazilian community. Since I was raised in Brazil, I'm not a Brazilian by birth, but I was raised in Brazil. My wife is Brazilian. My older daughter is Brazilian. Legally, I'm Brazilian uh, by papers, and I love Brazil. And all, So I will be preaching in our Brazilian community next, next Saturday. Uh, the Saturday after that, I will be preaching in the South Hispanic Church in Spanish. And in the end of the month, I'm going to be preaching in the Finland church, not in Filipino, but in English again, which will be something very, very unusual for me. This is my third language preaching, and to learn a, th a third language is very tricky, because in Brazil, we have this thing of swallowing letters. We don't finish the entire word. Now, in English, you have to do that, otherwise people won't understand you. A friend of mine, a older pastor, he came to U.S. and he was at the Walmart. Just to give you an idea how tough this is for us. He was at the Walmart trying to get some orange juice. And he was staring to the fridge with all the orange juice. And suddenly, sure enough, the, this fine person came by him, his side. Like usually happened here in the U.S., you guys are, very, you are famous for your services. Then the person got around him and said, Sir, can I help you with something? And he said, Yes, I'm looking for orange juice. And the person said, This is all orange juice. And he said, Yes, but I want orange juice with extra Yes, you heard right. <laughs> and the Walmart person got very confused because this is an unusual request. I don't know if somebody ever asked for something like that at a Walmart. And the person said, and you guys, you American guys, you are very polite. Because if that was in Brazil or in Peru, we will be on the floor laughing. And the person got her best face and said, excuse me, sir, what did you say? And the guy 
like we all foreigners, we truly believe that we speak this language. He prepared himself. Ma'am, I want orange juice with extra lots, lots of poop. <laughs> and the fine lady, again, very polite, she said, you mean Pope? And his answer was fantastic. He said, Pope, poop, it's all the same thing. <laughs> so welcome to Sabbath morning with a new version of English. I hope we will get some Pope today. This is my 22nd year as a pastor, and being a pastor is something fantastic. Uh, God gave me the privilege to travel all over the place preaching the gospel. I started my ministry in Brazil, uh, but because of my Hispanic uh, background, I started to preach in, in different countries other than Brazil, uh, sharing the gospel, and I had the privilege to travel all three Americas preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel and sometimes a couple of times in Europe. And one of the questions that I receive the most is this, Pastor, uh, all the time that happened, Pastor, can I talk to you? I say, yes, of course. Uh, Pastor, I really, I'm in deep trouble. I say, okay, we all are. And, he's, and usually the person ended up saying something like this, Pastor, I, I truly need a miracle. If I don't see a miracle this week, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what will happen with my house, with my family, with my work, with my health. And interesting enough, we are all in that boat. I don't know any of you, but I'm sure about something, that this week, this very same week, in some moment of our week, we looked at the mirror and we said, Lord, I need a miracle. I need to pay mortgage. Lord, I need a miracle. I need a job. I need papers. I need to, 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 to close this deal. I need my wife to forgive me. I need my husband to forgive me. I need my son back at home. We are all claiming for miracles every single moment, every single day, every single time. So since I like to cook, this is my hobby to cook, and my wife is a very happy wife because I love to cook. And I'm learning how to clean the kitchen now, so I'm becoming a very handy <laughs> husband. Because we, we, let me teach you something, ladies. If you want your husband doing something for you, just pay compliments, okay? We, yes, we are that egocentric. We need compliments. That's why we fight about who has the better car, because we need that. So if you want your husband doing something at home, doesn't matter how poorly he is doing, pay a compliment. You know what, honey? You did such a great job in the kitchen. And it is a whole mess. You know you will have to do all over again. 
But if you want him helping you, just, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Uh, but just lie to the guy. I'm sure God will forgive you. Just tell him, honey, you're the best. And in your mind, you want to kill him. But you know what? If you don't do that, he will never do it again. You say, oh, you're ruining my kitchen. He said, okay, I won't step a foot here anymore. And you lose him. So I know how many times I ruined the kitchen in my house. So my wife, she's always paying me compliments. I truly believe that I'm the best husband ever. So that's why I'm cooking. So since I love to cook, I will share with you guys a recipe that have worked in my life. It's a three-step recipe. If you follow this recipe, because cooking is basically that, follow a recipe. If you follow a recipe, you will have a nice meal. If you don't follow the recipe, you might end up, you might end up having a nice meal, or you might have ended up having a very nice tummy ache. But if you follow the recipe, you will get somewhere. So I want to share with you this morning a three-step recipe. If you follow this recipe, believe me, you will see the miracle. You will see the miracle. And there's a beauty thing about Christ, about God, about Jesus. Kids, note, Jesus. Where is the candy? Right here. There's a beautiful thing about God, about God. And this is it. He wants to work miracles in our life. And we don't need anything but accept it. Okay? We don't need to convince God to work miracles in our life. He does know that. He knows that we need it. Okay? Because God knows you. He knows what your needs are. He knows your desperation. He knows how, how long it takes to you to fall asleep every single night. He knows all the misery that is surrounding you. So, we need to ask. But there's a three steps that I find here in John chapter 2. And if you're kind enough to open your Bible, John chapter 2, we're going to work that passage this morning. And we're going to try to understand what's going on here. We're gonna, we will try to understand those three steps. And more important, I want you to commit with me this morning that you will try to follow those steps. And I promise you this, you will see miracles. I have seen such great things in my life. I remember I was preaching in Mexico in a huge coliseum, 15,000 people every night. So I was trying to the stadium when this gentleman got me and he asked me, Pastor, I need five minutes. It's okay. And he was telling me this crazy story about his son leaving his house in Central America, deep in Central America, trying to get to the U.S. And this kid was traveling by foot. And he lost track of his son. And he was desperate. He said, Pastor, my last words with my son, they, wasn't they weren't pleasant. I told my son that I was disappointed with him, that I was embarrassed with him, and now he's gone. Parents, a piece of advice here. 
Make sure that your last words with your son every single moment over your, with your daughter every single moment are kind words. I know sometimes our kids, they drive us insane. We really need God to help us, to control us, because we want, using all the love in our hearts, we want to hang those kids. <laughs> in a very kind way. And sometimes we slam the door of the car when they're, we're dropping them at school. I, I'm, and I love the way, the fact that you guys have a school here. Uh, but sometimes our kids are big enough or they're leaving for work or they're going to school, they're hanging out with friends, and our words are not good because we are in this very uh, uh, crazy mood. We are having some sort of fight in our home. You never know when we, you never know what is the last time that you're going to see your kid. So make sure that your words are kind. Make sure that from your mouth come blessings for your kids. You know what, son? I'm not happy with you, but you know what? You're leaving for the day. God bless you. I love you. I remember this father telling me, Pastor, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. I wish I can see my son again, but I'm, I'm starting to believe that he's dead somewhere. And grabbing my arm, he was telling me, Pastor, I need a miracle. So let's work this today. Let's try to find out what three steps can we put in this ball and bake a pie of miracles in our life. What do you think is the first step? Now is your time to interact with us. What do you think is the first step to see miracles life let's read let's read the bible john chapter 2 verse 1 says like this on the third day there was a wedding in cana of galilee and the mother of jesus was there now both jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding and when they when and when they ran out of wine the mother of jesus said to him they have no wine and Jesus said to her, Woman, what does, you, what, does, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And here is the first step. Here is the first step. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to, says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. This is faith. Faith is the first step. If you want to see miracles in your life, you need to develop. You need to ask for faith in your life. Oh, come on, Pastor. We know that. Really? Let's work at this a little bit better now. What faith means. Let's, let's, let's take a look on Mary now. How many of you think or believe that Mary knew that Jesus was about to perform a miracle that day? How many of you believe that? Raise your hands. 
Do you think Mary knew that Jesus was going to perform a miracle? Okay. How many of you think that Mary didn't know at all? Hands? How many of you believe nothing? Both? No? Jazz hands? No? Let me walk you through this. How many miracles have Mary seen Jesus perform until this day? None. What was the conversation that Mary had with the angel? Hey, Mary. Gabriel here. You're going to have a son. Don't drink anything strong. Don't give him anything, anything strong. He will be the savior. Get it? Yes. Okay. See you later. There's no, hey, Mary, by the way, he will walk on water. There's no such thing as, Mary, he will raise people from death. The truth about this relationship is that Mary knew that something was special about his, uh, his son, her son. But she didn't know that was about to do something big, something different, something out of the ordinary. In fact, we know based on the desire of the age that Mary didn't understand, understood the, 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 the mission of Jesus until after his resurrection. She thought, like everybody else, that Savior means new king of Israel. Her idea here was to proclaim him in front of all the leaders that this guy could be our new leader, our new king. She didn't know. So faith doesn't mean that I know what's about to happen. And that's the problem with our faith. Today is June 1st. It's a happy day, not only because it's Sabbath, it's because we, our paycheck is in the bank. Until Monday, at least. So it's a happy day. In a Sabbath, in a good Sabbath, with money in our pocket, everybody has faith. With a potluck, even better. I don't have to cook. My faith is in a top. But faith is not knowing what is about to happen. Or, or faith is not to know what God is about to do in my life. And that's the problem with us in the religion world. We have faith if things work the way we plan. If something steps out of that, our faith is shaken. I'll give you an example. You got fired. Your faith is shaken. Because that was not your plan. And when something is out of your plan, your faith starts to shake. And you start to question God's plan in your life. When your relationship is done, when something is wrong, when somebody dies, We start to question God for everything. 
Let me take you guys to a different scene now. This is the Sea of Galilee. It's a huge storm. The disciples are running crazy, running out of options. They're in desperate mode. Suddenly, a big light shows in the dark heaven, and they see Jesus is sleeping like a baby in the boat. What's the first question that you're supposed to ask Jesus in that moment after everything that you have seen? I don't know about you, but my first question, I'm pretty sure my first question would be, hey, can you, can you do something? Can you help us on this? But the disciples, they got to Jesus and said, hey, you don't care at all. We're dying here, man. And you don't care. That's the problem with our faith. In the first stroke that we receive, we start to question Jesus saying, Hey, you don't care about me. If I want to see miracles, I need to be ready to develop my faith. Try to remember this. God is not the McDonald's drive through But we treat God like that. We go to Jesus, to God, say, hey, Lord, you know what? I want my wife to forgive me. I want a new good job. I want paid vacation and Diet Coke. Why somebody asked Diet Coke in the McDonald's? I would never understand that. But now, now we have this lady. And she got to the servants and she said, hey, do whatever he said. Oh, pastor, she knew. No, she didn't. But here's her faith. She knew one thing. If there is somebody who could do something, that was Jesus. So you know what? Let's trust him. What is he about to do? I don't know. But he will do something. That's faith. Faith is not to know what God will do in my life. Faith is to know that God will do something. And whatever he did, he do. That's the best for me. That's his plan for me, and I will accept that. My question is, are you willing to accept what God has for you? What if what God has for you is way different than what you want? Are you willing to accept that? Are you willing to accept that? Are you still calling God's plan? You want red, God want green. Are you willing to accept green as God's plan in your life? I remember my first district in Brazil. I had to take care of 10 churches deep in the middle, entering the Amazon jungle. That was a beauty. Came back to Sao Paulo, a big to work, and years later, the church invited me to work now deep in the Amazon jungle. And I remember one night, I was waiting for a bus. It took me 40 hours in bus to get to my home. And I remember the bus supposed to pass to the city 
starting 11 in the night. Never before that. But we never knew what exactly time the bus will, the bus will pass. So you need to be there 11 in the night. And I was there, seated, waiting. At midnight, the guy at the bus stopped. He, he looked at me and said, you know what, sir? I'm done for the day. I'm leaving. I wish you good luck. Stay awake. The bus will pass anytime soon. He closed his booth. He took his lamp because people used to steal his lamp. He took his lamp away. And that was it. Me and the dogs and the entire city was off. And I remember the, the, bus, ended up, the bus ended up passing 5 in the, 5.30 in the morning. I spent the whole night waiting there. And you know what? The jungle is hot during the day. But during the night, I mean, it's not Chicago cold. But it's cold. And I remember I would start to question God. Say, Lord, I'm not, you know, notorious. I'm not on a pleasure trip. I'm not hanging with friends. I'm preaching the world. Can you send me a bus? I'm not asking for a helicopter. I'm not asking for a jet, private jet. I'm not even asking for a bus with AC. I'm just asking for a bus. If you want miracles in your life, you must, I learned this, you must be willing to accept God's will, even if it's different than yours. Mary knew this, so she told the guys, hey, do whatever he said. Do whatever he said. That's faith. So let's go to step number two. Verse six says, now... There were set there six water pots of stone according of the manners of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them, filled them up to the brim. Now, The body ran out of what? Wine or water? Wine. What is Jesus asking? Wine or water? Water became wine, becomes wine regularly. No. What is the logic behind asking for water? Can you see any logic on that? The only logic explanation that I can see here if, is if Jesus had some, you know, pounder, grape juice in his pocket. Other than that, there is no explanation. And here's step number two. If you want to see miracles in your life, you need, you must, Obey. We don't obey God because it makes sense. Do you understand this? In our culture, in our bubble, 
to keep the Sabbath holy makes sense. But if you step out of this bubble, to keep the Sabbath holy makes no sense. If you start to do math, we will find in the Bible God asking us to keep a day. And before I, I continue here, let me, let me clear this up. I truly believe in the Sabbath. I'm not preaching against the Sabbath, okay? Let's, let's continue. Before somebody threw me a stone. So, in Jesus, in the Bible math, we could keep any day. It's one day out of seven. We could do Sunday. Come on. Nobody's losing his job because he refused to work on Sunday. It's barbecue day. It's football day. For me, it's soccer day. It's family day. It's, you know, grilling day. Grilling vegetables, I guess. But why we keep the Sabbath? Why we don't keep Wednesday? It could. 24 hours. And obedience is not because we agree or because it makes sense or because the math works. Obedience is based on something. God is God. He asked me something, I obey. Simple as that. So I will tell something right now. Most of us that are looking for a miracle, we don't need no miracle. What we really need we really need to obey God. If we decide to step up and start to live a life of obedience, if we decide to obey whatever God said, I truly believe that all the miracles that we need, we won't need anymore. Because there is a blessing in obedience. We don't obey to convince God to help us. We obey because God said, walk this way, I will walk this way. I don't see why. I don't understand why. I see no common sense on this. But if God said, give me 10% back. God said that. It's in the Bible. You know what, Pastor? It's going to be a tight month. Maybe, maybe, maybe next month. Maybe 5%. When I obey God, when he asks me 10%, and I step with faith, giving 10%, I will see that water become wine. I will see miracles happening in my life. I will see the, you know, greater things. If I decide to step in faith, I will see the Red Sea opening again. If I decide to step in faith, I will see Lazarus rising up again. I will see miracles in my life. We don't need God opening every single door in our life. We really need to start to get back to the Bible and obey what God said. If God say, keep the Sabbath holy, I will step up and I will keep the Sabbath holy. Faith. Obedience. The Bible said that the guys went there. I can imagine those servants saying, is this guy insane? 
Can you imagine carrying a water pot containing 30 gallons of water? Do you have any idea how heavy that is? Have any idea how uncomfortable that is? But if you want to see the miracle, you must be ready to obey. And I know that this morning here, or maybe watching through video, there are people who are refusing to obey God. And you know who you are. No, Brother Elvis didn't tell me your story. You know who you are. And I know that you are fighting. I know that you are trying to find an escape route of this commitment. I know you're trying to justify your actions. Believe me, it won't work. Try to obey God. I promise you, you will see the miracles. But let's finish this. Let's go to the third step. Verse 8. And he said to him, to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. But you kept the good wine until now. Look at the beauty. Faith. Obedience. And what should be the third step? Again, let me ask you a question. Which one is easier? Serve the glasses or transform Water into wine. Which one is easier? Serve the cups, right? Which one, you and me, which one we can do? Transform water in wine or serve cups? To serve cups. Excellent. Which one I can do? Remove the stone from the tomb or raise Lazarus from the death? Which one we can do? Move the stone. So here's the third step that you must remember. You, you, please do not forget this. If you want to see a miracle, don't expect God to do what you have to do. So in other words, the third step is action. Faith, obedience. Action. Move. Do something. God, he, look, he is the master. He is the most powerful in the whole universe. He was in front of death. But between death and Jesus, there was a stone. The God who can raise a person from the death, he can, with the snap of his fingers, move the stone. He didn't. Why is that? Because that's our job. The guy who transformed water into wine 
With a snap of a finger, he can serve everybody. He didn't. That's our job. And you want to see God working in your life. Is stop being a la spiritual lazy person. I have seen this in churches that we truly believe that if we pray, if we pray, God will do everything. And that's not true. That's why you're praying and praying and praying and praying and you don't see the miracle. Oh, Lord, please make my wife to forgive me. Lord, I'm begging you. Lord, I'm praying. Lord, I, I, I'm willing to accept my mother-in-law living with us. I'm willing to sacrifice everything. No, I don't hate mother-in-laws. I love mine. She's in Brazil. <laughs> My wife asked me, can we bring mom? I said, you know what? I love your mom, but it's way too cold. <laughs> she might be sick. And because I love her, let's keep her there. You know? Eight miles, 8,000 miles, 9,000 miles. It's a nice buffer zone. Oh, during the summer, you know what? It's very humid here. It's very hot. Let's protect her. Okay, do you want somebody to forgive you? There's a simple thing that you have to do. Humble yourself and ask for forgiveness. Does that make sense? You know what, Pastor? I'm stuck on that. I don't know what I'm going to do to pay my bills next month. I'm asking the Lord to help me to win the lottery. And I promise, Pastor, I'll give half of the money to the church. No, you don't. You won't. You'll move to Cuba. And you'll disappear. Now, there's something that you can do to get out of that. God established a plan in the Bible. It's called stewardship. Be faithful to that. Make changes in your home budget. That's your job. God, God won't make you, he won't make rain, won't make bills in your house for you to pay your debts. No. You need to work in your house. You need to cut some bills. You need to stop wasting time on cable. No, Pastor, it's because I need to watch novelas. I'm watching, I'm learning Spanish, and somebody told me that the best way to learn Spanish is to watch novelas. Do you know what novelas is? You know what novelas is, huh? Ah, I like this. Pastor, I need a new car. I need a new car, Pastor. My car is way too old, Pastor. It's from 2015. <laughs> and my neighbor just got a brand new car. I cannot be behind him. Why are you wasting money on things that you don't need to impress people you don't like? And you want Jesus to help you to pay for that?
My older daughter, she loves Korean noodles. My younger daughter, she loves donuts. It is up to them. Our breakfast will be donuts and our lunch will be Korean noodles. If it's up to us, we'll be lottery every single week. It will be whatever we want. But I'm, I, I love my daughters. I'm willing to give my life for my daughters. And because I love them, I make them to eat broccoli. <laughs> because I love them, I'm willing to make them to eat spinach. Oh, in all sorts of green stuff that is good for their bodies. I'm not punishing them. I love them. I want the best for them. Yes, we eat Donald once in a while. Yes, yesterday our dinner was Korean noodles. <laughs> if you want to see a miracle in your life, you need to do something. Don't expect God to do everything. And I'm sure that you know what I'm talking about. You want your wife to forgive you? Stop to seeing that lady. You want your husband to forgive you? Stop sharing secrets with your, with your sister. No, no, I'm not calling you a gossip person. No, we don't gossip. Christians don't gossip. We share information. We're like the post office. In my social medias, I receive a lot of questions, people saying, Pastor, how can I have more friends? You want to have more friends? Be a good friend. Stop trashing everybody. You know what? People know. You're talking trash about them all the time. They know. You want to see a miracle? Do something. Faith. Obedience. Action. When you combine those three in the ball of your heart, I promise you, it tastes delicious. It is amazing. Pastor, and I want to close with this. I'm doing everything you said. And I still need a miracle. So what I'm about to do now is not for everybody. Because I know that it, there is a lot of people here that everything is okay in his life, in your life. And that's okay. Don't feel bad about it, okay? If you have a good job, you have a good family, everybody's healthy, uh, you have money in your, in your banking account, you have a, a, you know, an, a nice car, you have a nice house, everything is okay, your kids are amazing, just praise God. You know, don't feel bad about it. But if you're struggling, if you're spending nights awake trying to figure what to do, if you're going in desperation mode, and maybe I'm talking to somebody who is about to start to think that maybe it's a good idea to quit, or maybe it's a good idea to end your life,
you know what? You know what? There's a miracle waiting for you. If you need some help, if you need to put something in God's hand this morning, I want to have a special blessing for you. I want to do a special prayer for your life. But I don't want you seated there. If there is something that you really need help, if there is a miracle that you really need in your life, and you want to step up out of your comfort zone and ask God, you know what, Lord? I need to do this in my life. I will work on my faith. I will commit to obedience, and I will do something, but I need extra help, Lord. If you need that, you know what I'm going to do? I, will, I want to ask you to stand up and come right here with me. I want to bless you with a special prayer. I want to pray for your life. I want to pray for your family. I want to pray for your finances. I want to pray that God will do something special in your life. Again, this is not for everybody. Only if you really need this. If you think in your heart, don't, don't, don't worry about what people are going to think. That's not a point. But if you need something special, please stand up. Please come over here. Let me pray with you. Let me put your life in God's hands. Maybe you can do something soft while people are coming. I would love to have you guys here. While you're here, close your eyes. Get, get closer to me, please. Get closer. Come, come, come. Come closer. While you're here, please close your eyes. And start to talk to God. Maybe for the first time, try to recognize that was your mistake. Try to recognize that was your bad. That was a poor decision. Maybe for the first time you need to recognize that you are the one who needs to make the first move. Maybe it's about time to recognize that you need to surrender your life to God. Maybe it's about time to recognize that you need to be baptized. Maybe it's about time to recognize that you are owing God something and you need to pay for that. When we accept our faults, that's only then, then we are, that we can be open for God's blessings. And God wants to bless all of us this morning. Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we are here this morning, Lord, because we really need you. This last week was miserable, Lord. We ran and ran and ran. And Lord, we are tired. This past week, we fell on the floor. We still have the bitter taste of the failure in our mouth. And Lord, right now, I'm asking you, please, hold our hands. Help us to stand in our feet again, Lord. Lord, we need a miracle in our lives. I don't know these people, but I truly believe that they are fighting. Some of them are getting desperate. Maybe one or two are thinking about quitting. Maybe there's somebody thinking that this life is not worth living. Lord, please show yourself this morning. Help us to see there is hope in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. There is hope 
in the powerful name of your son. There is hope in the blood of Christ on the cross. There is hope. And by your mercy, we will rise again. And we will stand by your side. Please heal our wounds. Please dry our tears. Oh Lord, help us to feel your kiss in our face. Like a father kisses a son and a daughter. Now that we are living this holy ground. Oh Holy Spirit, come with us. Guide us. Give us wisdom. We ask you that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can hug your family. You can hug your friends. May the Lord bless you all.